Hello and welcome to the Dynamic Life Show, inspiring change and transformation through words, stories, and conversations so that you may live your most dynamic life. Why? Because you are dynamic. I am your host, Georgette Taylor. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Dynamic Life Show. I am your host, Georgette Taylor, and I'm so excited, as always, to be with you uh, this evening to share some insights, some afterglows, some inspiration, and uh, and a beautiful word for the week. So um, just wanted to, yeah, talk a little bit about my week. Well, first of all, let's, let me ask you, how was your week? That's important. How was your week? Uh, I hope you had an opportunity to use the word uh, that we shared last week, uh, bold. That was the word. And I hope you had an opportunity to kind of live with that word for a week, uh, maybe talk about it, hopefully maybe use it as uh, an affirmation for yourself to help you to uh, find yourself being bold in a, a certain area of your relationship that you're that you're not bold in or or bold in your business choices or bold at your job asking for things that maybe you probably wouldn't ask for last week. I don't know, but I hope that that word resonated with you and I hope that it was able to help you to um, inspire you uh, during the week. And um, so um, speaking of week, I had an interesting week as well. Um, you know, there's just so many moments in your life, right? When you think, wow, I could be so ecstatic in one moment and the next moment, just so sad. And so, um, unfortunately I lost my aunt, uh, last week and heading down to uh, the funeral this week. And, you know, it's, it's been very challenging because, you know, I don't live in the state state that she lived in, but I, I talk to her frequently and, um, you know, she was a really, really cool lady and, uh, she took care of so many people. I remember when I was younger and I used to go down to see her. There was always a little baby there she was taking care of for a friend or a family member that was having challenges or, you know, maybe doing a foster or having a foster care for, you know, several years. And so she always took care of people and uh, she had the most amazing laugh. You know, uh, when she laughed, you couldn't help but laugh with her because her laugh was just so infectious. But, so we're definitely, definitely going to miss her and... Um, you know, um, I know that we all go through challenges in life. That's what life is about. It's about challenges. And it's also about triumphs as well. But even through any of those moments, whether it be challenges or triumphs or difficulties or um, amazing times, there's always choices that we make of how we can feel about the situation or choices that we can make on how we look at what has happened in our lives or look at what's happened to other people in our lives. And so, um, you know, I will continue to choose to um, see my Aunt Barbara as an amazing woman who was funny, who took care of people, and she really had a really huge heart. And so, um, so when I look at her death, I'm not as, um, I'm not as sad because we were blessed with her for so many, so many years of our lives. And so I look at that as an opportunity to say thank you that she was here for the period of time that she had been here. So, and I got a great opportunity to spend a day with her, which is interesting because, you know, you would think that as relatives or as family members, you get to spend time with each other, but there's just times that you don't. And, you know, it's neither 
it's nobody's fault. It's just what happens in life. And so I had an opportunity to spend a day with her. And I remember speaking to her several months ago. And she was saying how much she still remembered that day. And it was, the, it was, she said it was a wonderful day for her. And I'm so, I'm so happy about that because it really was a wonderful day for me. I went shopping with her. She did a lot of window shopping and we went to a lot of different places to the bank and just around. And we had a, a lunch at a buffet and got an opportunity to just sit and talk and, and laugh together, which I really had not ever done. And so it was very precious to me and I will forever choose to remember that about who she was. So anyway, that's my week. <laughs> that's been my week. And I hope if you, you know, if you've gone through some challenging things during the week, I hope that, you know, that you ha- had had an opportunity to be able to sit back and think about what, you know, what was going on. I know sometimes we're in it, we're in the muck and mire of life and, 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 and we're moving so fast. We can't, seem to take time just to even think about the situations that we're in or the the things that are happening around us. And so, but just know that even in those moments, right, you still have a choice to look at them differently. So that's really what it's about. It's about being able to choose how we see things. And so, so my um, super soul um, afterglow really is also about choice on so many different levels. But one, uh, it is the title of a book called The Choice. That was written by an author, uh, Dr. Edith Eva Egger. And she is a Holocaust survivor and uh, first-time author at the age of 90. Can you believe that? So I'm so all of you out there that I know you have a story to tell. I know that there is a book in you. Please, please, please find any way that you can to get it out. And you don't have to wait to 90 to do it, right? You really don't. But just know that. If you do, you can still do it at 90. <laughs> so, um, and it's so funny because I literally just <clears throat> finished publishing my book that took me, I'm not even going to say how many years to write it as well. Um, but um, I'm excited for it. It's called Say Yes to Bliss. And um, you can uh, check it out on Amazon if you like. Um, <clears throat> but I was just sharing that with you because I just wanted to let you know, I it must have been about five years in the making for that book. It was just you know, me hiding from myself <laughs> and me just not, uh, ooh, I don't know. Um, again, believing that my story mattered, right? And we know that each and every one of you out there, your story does matter. Um, so to get back to uh, the choice. Yeah, and you can choose whether you believe your story matters or not. That's a choice as well. So um, so yeah, I have many, many, many insights and afterglows uh, from this interview, but the one that I really wanted to share with you tonight is where she talked about uh, how the prisoners um, in, in, in Auschwitz um, treated each other. And so um, that, that story, it came about when she was talking to Oprah about how she shared a piece of bread with a few of the other girls in the camp after she had to dance for Dr. Mingla, um, um, who we know was the Doctor of Death, I believe, in in uh, in the in Auschwitz, and um, she was a ballerina. She was about sixteen or seventeen when they were taken. And uh, but anyways, this, this incident, she had to. He asked her to come and dance for her, and so she said she remembered something her mother always said to her, and that was that uh, her mother said that no one can take away what you put in your own mind. And um, so when she was dancing, she said she just felt 
you know, in her mind, she just wanted to believe that she was dancing on this huge stage. Um, and it was beautifully decorated. And that's how pretty much she got through it. But in that process, um, after she danced, he gave her a piece of bread. And she remembers sharing that with some other girls um, in her group. And and she also realized later on that how sharing that piece of bread possibly helped save her life. And she went on to say that um, she realized that that in the camp, that in the group, that competition and, domin- and, and domination get you nowhere. And that cooperation and compassion is the name of the game. And so Oprah was asking her, you know, like, well, I mean, people are, you know, a lot of these people are just in such dire straits and they're, they're dying. And how is it that nobody's competing for things or dominating each other to get what they wanted? And so that really struck her that in the midst of all that despair and grief and horrible conditions, that a moral center was still maintained. She said kindness and integrity was so important, even in the bleakest of times, that there were rules of order. So, I mean, if you stole from the guards, you were a hero, right? Because you stole from the people who were doing this. But if you stole from one another, then you were breaking the rules. And, um, and you would think that in those times, you know, that it would be easy to just be that person, right, who stole an extra piece of bread from somebody so that you can survive. And I'm sure that that happened on many occasions. But in her camp and where she was at, um, it was something that just was not, you just didn't do. And um, that she saw the kindness and integrity so many times um, in that space that it allowed her to choose to think more positively, even in that, in those worst of times, helped her to choose to think that, that, that the help was coming, helped her to choose to, 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 to tell her, her sister that she looked beautiful, even after her head was shaved. I mean, all of these choices that you make in life, no matter what situation you're in, change the trajectory of how you feel about your life at that moment. Even though she knew the possibility of her dying was imminent, Right. You still every day that you live, you still have to live. And she chose to do that. And um, and she also said that, you know, to survive is to transcend your own needs and commit yourself to someone or something outside of yourself. And when most of us would think that that would not be the case, that that would be the opposite. Right. To survive, you need to think about you. But she's saying in order to survive, you have to transcend your own needs. So I thought that was just so powerful. I mean, I just, I felt so, like, I, I can't describe the feeling that I had because I cannot, you know, we can all not imagine being in that situation, right? But just thinking about the, some of the situations that we have been in our lives where we choose not to, we choose not to have compassion. We choose to compete instead, right? Or we, can, or we choose to dominate instead. But sometimes the right thing may be, the compassion part. The right thing may be for us to be compassionate even amongst all of the grief and all of the horrible conditions that we find ourselves in or, or in the midst of despair. And so I just thought that it was so interesting that out of that, a moral center was still maintained by those people who were living horrific and traumatic lives at that particular time. But they chose to be compassionate to the other person. 
And they chose that cooperating together would help them to survive, whether it was one day or 10 days or 20 days or one year. And so I just thought that was just so powerful a story. And so I'm going to go back a little bit because I wanted to share with you. I know I mentioned that she mentioned how sharing that bread possibly saved her life. So it was months later after she shared the piece of bread with these young women. And um, after that, they were put on the death march, right, up to the hill and up to all the places where they were being executed at. And she had a broken back at, uh, at this particular time. Um, I don't know how, I mean, she had a broken back and she had so many other illnesses, um, um, but she was so sick and that she was literally falling down on the death march. And um, so what all the women, all the young girls did that she shared the bread with was that they, they formed a, um, a seat with their arms and she sat on, she sat on there, she sat on that and they carried her. Um... Even though they were sick and tired and hungry and possibly dying themselves, they formed a chair with their arms and helped to carry her because she shared a piece of bread with them. So her story is powerful. I mean, I think you really definitely should watch the Super Soul Sunday with her in it. Again, her name is Dr. Edith Eva Edgar. And um, again, that was just so, for me, it just, it was it just gave me this afterglow that, you know what, that we all have that in us, right? That it's always there, no matter what we're going through. The compassion and cooperation is always, always there. Deep down inside, in the truest part of who you are. And I know sometimes looking at this world and looking at the things outside of our own little families, our own little bubbles, that it may not seem that way. But it is. And I think you have to have a choice to believe that it is. Um, if you can see, there, there's definitely examples of it being so. And I'm sure even in your own life, there are examples of it being so. So I just wanted to share that with you and uh, give you some time to, you know, <laughs> oh, to mellow a little bit after that, after that. But um Again, like I said, it's always about choices in your life. And um, that's really what that story was about, about choices to cooperate and to be um, compassionate to other people. And so, um, so speaking of compassion, um, this um, inspiring story is going to just, um, yeah, you're going you're gonna to see how compassionate and how how beautiful it is. So I'm excited. I'm excited about sharing it, sharing it with you. So, okay. The story says the school sends kids to meditation instead of detention with amazing results. Traditionally, when children act up in school, they would get detention or they would get suspended. An elementary school in Baltimore has a far healthy approach to discipline. Robert W. Coleman Elementary has partnered with the Holistic Life Foundation, changing its approach, and instead of punishing the disruptive children, they have employed the Mindful Moment Program. The program teaches the children to wind down and reflect, as well as breathe in situations, tough situations. 
Disruptive children are sent to the mindful moment. I'm so sorry. The disruptive children are sent to the mindful moment room where there's a staff that has the necessary training to help students with stress, anxiety, and other issues that may cause them to act up. And students are allowed to stop by the room on their own accord as well. So the students there have been referred there by their teachers and the specialists would really spend about five minutes in targeted discussion with them about what was happening and then further 15 minutes with them doing appropriate mindful exercises, which could range from breathing to simple yoga exercises. Basically what it does, it really helps the students, right, to overcome the trauma that they probably have faced, which causes them to act out. I mean, some of the students have really seen violent things happen, that, and so this helps them to be aware and to release it and uh, by helping them and arming them with the tools to let it go. So the program is really awesome. They said that it has really changed the lives of so many of the children there, that they have become calmer. And uh, they also have mentors, too, that help tutor the children to help them and to teach them about the environment. So I think it's really cool. So <laughs> they also actually have um, they have 15 minute breathing exercises and meditation. So it helps them to focus and to recal- re- recalibrate. And studies have shown that the meditation can enhance through creativity, release stress and pain, even boost immune systems. But the cool thing about it, what I found to be so interesting, is that it's helped to drop the attendance rate. So the attendance, I'm not drop, increase the attendance rate. So attendance rate has increased. Also, it helps them to, it helps the children to be able to go home and help their parents deal with stress. So these children are helping their parents <laughs> through meditation uh, find ways to help them cope at the same time. So I think that's pretty awesome because then it becomes something that, you know, your family is involved in. That there's, and that shifts how you start to think about your life. That shifts how you start to think about the situations that you're in and the stress and the anxiety that come along with being in, the, in those environments where they're, they're stress-related or always uh, something is always happening. You just don't know what, is, what, what, what it is. So you always tense. You always have anxiety. And this meditation helps them to calm themselves and to actually uh, be able to work through the things that are happening for them. And in turn, it helps them to help their family. And once that happens, it helps them to help their family, that helps their community. And it builds on that. That's what's so cool about that. Because now it's, they're learning something that can change the trajectory of how they react to situations. And change the trajectory of how their parents react and their community reacts. I think that is so cool uh, to have meditation in, in, in classrooms and in, and in schools. I think that's just so important because we are so bombarded with so much stress and so many things going on and constantly in motion and can never just sit still for a minute. And I think this helps these young kids to sit still and to, to, to be present with themselves. And to know that that situation happened, but you are not that situation, right? You are, you are not that situation. You can choose to be something different. And that is so, so, so powerful. So 
that's um, the inspiring story uh, for today. I am again always so excited. I get so excited sometimes. I can't ha- I can't hardly talk because I get so excited about about some of these stories that I'm finding. And the cool thing about it is that there's so many inspiring stories out there every single day. People are doing things to help to empower somebody out there. You know, even with all the crazy news and all the crazy things that we hear every day, there are still so many beautiful, wonderful people just like you out there who I know is empowering somebody in your life and finding ways to empower yourself. And that is what's so cool. So we are going to go ahead and move on to the I am you are word of the week. I'm excited. Are you excited? Because I'm excited to see what it is. Okay, hold on. You know, I got to shuffle my cards. <laughs> yes, they have to be shuffled. Yes. Have to make sure we, we see what's coming up here. It's coming up roses. Let's go. Okay, so the I am word for the week for you is... Oh, brilliant. <laughs> you are brilliant. I want you to say that to yourself. I am brilliant. And again, I always want you to use your name. So I'm going to use mine and I want you to use yours. And I'm going to say, Georgette, you are brilliant. Georgette, I am brilliant. Yes, I am. And yes, you are. Just think about it, right? Just think about all the, all the things that you have learned in your life. And all the things I know that you're brilliant at doing. You know, it takes time. It takes time to to learn some of these things. And uh, we all have this brilliance inside of us that I think sometimes we shy away from. You know, we don't want people to think. I don't know why we don't want people to think we're that smart. But we're all very smart. You know, when you got on your job, you learned things that you probably thought would be impossible to learn. When you decided to take on a new business, you probably thought, I could never learn all of that. But you have. And you're building your business. And when you became a parent, you thought, oh, my goodness, how am I going to learn all these things? But you learned them. And that's a sign of brilliance. You know, I mean, so you are, you are born with the, the innate quality uh, that will bring out your brilliance. Right. Those are things that we are born with already and we have to learn a little bit of things along the way. So I want you also to make sure that you're open. That you're open, because a lot of times we go around, we go around this world being closed off to ideas, closed off to um, uh, different ways of thinking, closed off to different ways of being. Um, And so. Be open. Be open and allow your brilliance to show. Because it is there, I guarantee you that. So what I want you to do uh, for the next week, you know, is to live in that word brilliant. You know, whether you have to um, say it two, three times a day, I would love for you again to say it to yourself in the mirror and say it before you go to bed at night. Maybe that should be the last thought in your mind. When you lay your head on your pillow tonight, I want you to say, I am brilliant to yourself over and over again. Because it's the things that we put in our mind, right, that shows up in our lives, consciously or unconsciously. (laughs) So the word of the week, 
I am brilliant. And yes, you are brilliant. And I want to say thank you again so much for listening to the show. Um, Next week, I think we'll probably have uh, the segment called In the Conversation. Was um, it is a conversation that I um, that I do with uh, my like to call um, sisterpreneurs or friendpreneurs, people that I that I uh, that I know that have amazing businesses that help to inspire people, uh, whether it's through services or or products, uh, but they have things that help to um, empower other people to help them to move on from the things that they have learned in their lives. And so I'm excited to bring the Dynamic Life Show in the conversation segment uh, to you uh, as an added, um, um, just another way to help inspire and empower you. So I will be sharing that show next week because I definitely will be um, away with my family um, um, uh, uh, next weekend. So it'll be a great way to, uh, to share that with you and to introduce that part of the show uh, to you. So again, I'm so excited that you guys are joining me. I'm, I'm just, I'm just so excited to be able to talk with you every week and to help to empower you and inspire you and have you look at your life differently so that you can then in turn, um, you know, find ways along your journey to empower yourself because that's, that's important. But at the same time, it's also important for you to be able to share some of the information so that it can empower other people. It is about compassion and cooperation in all situations and choices. Don't forget that. You have a choice as always to be kind, to be loving, to be open, to be present, and to be there for yourself and for others. So until next week, I want you to live an inspired, empowered, and dynamic life. And thank you again for joining me. Namaste. Hey, everyone, this is Georgette. Thank you so much again for joining me on the Dynamic Life Show. If you'd like to check us out, you can join us on Sundays at 7 p.m., on anchor.fm. And please, if you go there, make sure that you download the app so that you won't miss a show and you won't miss one of the guests on In The Conversation. To see notes, snippets, and information about other guests who may be joining us in the conversation, you can visit dynamiclifeenterprise.com. You can also go there and check out my blog about my journey into this crazy and amazing podcast life as well as check out the I Am You Are card deck where all of your amazing I Am words of the week come from. So until next week, I wish for you all out there an inspired, empowered, and dynamic week. And don't forget to aspire to inspire someone out there in the world who is waiting to hear from you because your voice matters. Namaste. Namaste.